Blog Talk Radio. today. Um, please excuse my voice. I have a very bad cold. I might even sound like a guy today. Um, we are really excited because this week is NYME, the New York Music Festival, the Digital Media Wire with Ned and Tinzar Sherman. So listen, give them to voice, support them wholly. Their biggest conference ever. They do conferences all over the world. This one in New York is especially special for them. They are a couple. They are parents and um, they just do so many amazing things. So we're really happy to support them and have them, you know, support us in what we're doing. So without further ado, we have an amazing guest today, and his name is Frank Funches. And the reason why it's so cool is because he's with Apple. He will not be discussing his role at Apple, as you can understand for confidentiality reasons, but he will be discussing his journey, his own personal journey through technology and music, which we really want to hear about because so many people are going through that journey right now, whether in a career, whether coming out of college, whether a young person. So we're really excited about hearing about that. But without further ado, we're going to bring on Mr. Jay Logan, who's over in Monterey this week. Hello, Jay. How are you? Hello. I'm great, Gail. Everything is very sunny out here. <laughs> I am wonderful. It's wonderful out here. We're having some great weather today in um, in California. Well, we're also having great weather as well, Jay. Jay, you know, we'd love to get into the topics today, but you know that this is a very short show today, Joe. That's Joe, sorry, uh, Jay, for all of our audiences. And so if it's okay, Jay, with you, we're going to go right into the show. Is that okay with you, Jay? That's That's fine. Okay, great. All right, well, without further ado, we're going to bring out on our guest, Mr. Frank Funches. Hi, Frank. Welcome hey, aboard. Hey, guys. Thank you How very much. How are you? I'm doing great. As Jay says, it's a beautiful day here in California, so we're just enjoying the sun. Well, I mean, I hate to brag with you, got both you and Jay. It's nice out here in New York for a change, too. We've got your weather, so you guys do not all get right, to have good. all the kudos. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear that. That's good. So, um, Frank, we're going to go right into the show, if that's okay with you. And we just ask that you tailor your answers to fit the questions so we don't get all of the good stuff up front and then we don't have any of the good stuff later. Is that okay with you? That sounds great. Okay. Well, I know Jay has a question to start you off with. Okay, let's hit it, welcome Jay. To sh- <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show, Frank. Um, Thanks, Jay. I'm curious, some. Um, where did you grow up? I grew up in Oakland. Um, yeah, I uh, born and raised in Oakland, and uh, I'm still in this area. Wow. Wow, it's wonderful. Okay, that's cool. It's cool to know that, you know, because sometimes people do not go back to where they actually grew up at. So, you know, I have a question for you, Frank. And I would like yeah. to know, what age did you begin to love music, and what was your first instrument? Okay, and this is a, this is a long one. And the brand of your first keyboard synthesizer. 
Oh, that's a good question. Well, um, I just, I've always loved music as long as I can remember. Um, you know, I remember, you know, growing up as a kid watching TV and any time I saw somebody playing an instrument uh, or, you know, heard somebody singing, I was just enthralled with it. So I had, you know, I had little guitars when I was a little kid. Um, and then, uh, so my first actual instrument was a guitar. I just taught myself how to play guitar. Um, but my first, you know, my true, my real love is, and was and still is synthesizers. And uh, my first synth that I bought was a Sequential Circuits Pro One, which for you synth folks was a monophonic synthesizer, meaning you can only play one note at a time. And uh, it was not programmable, meaning I you had to actually turn the knobs and figure out how to create your own sounds yourself, which for me, which really turned out to be a blessing for me because uh, it, it forced me to learn the actual synthesis aspect of the instrument as opposed to just pressing a button and magically having a sound. It forced me to actually delve in and learn how to create uh, sounds and learn synthesis myself. So uh, that was actually a good thing for me. Uh, I, I think had I not had that, I may have just been a simple uh, glorified uh, uh, button pusher. So I'm, I'm actually grateful for the the lack of some of the technology in my first keyboard. Wow. Um, so what age, Frank, did you fall in love with technology? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty similar. Um, you know, as a kid growing up, I always liked tinkering with things. I would take apart the radio and, you know, go to Radio Shack. I had my Battery of the Month <laughs> club card, and I'd go down and I, you know, I'd buy like some, buy a speaker and try to make my own speaker enclosure. So, I was, you know, I was a little techno nerd in that regard as a kid. Um, and then, you know, I just pretty much stayed with, I think I was just fortunate in that having a love for music and being around at the time where music and technology really started melding together. I think I was just fortunate enough to be um, around at that time and have access to both uh, a computer when things were first starting to meld in with, with MIDI, which for those who don't know is the musical instrument digital interface, which allows computers and uh, musical instruments, digital musical instruments to interface and talk together and communicate. So to answer your question, Jay, it's 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 pretty much always been a part of me, and it's just a, I've always just uh, been attracted to it. And whenever, whenever and wherever the technology has gone, I've been pretty much uh, just blown in the direction of uh, wherever it takes me. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's sure that sure is true too. You you really have, man. <clears throat> well, I think know. I think it's also I think it's worth mentioning that uh, uh, a big part. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll we'll get to that. I just it should be noted that. Uh, Jay Logan and I definitely have a history together when it goes uh, when it comes to music and technology, and we can probably talk a little bit about that later. Well, you know, speaking of that, you know, um, your background and all in that, I want to know how has, in your work, in your opinion, how has Frank technology changed the music industry? Wow, it's uh, in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, technology has changed music in pretty much every facet from the creation of the music. Um, in the past, uh, if a, an artist or a group were to record, um, to have a commercial record out, they would most likely need a, you know, they would start off with maybe a demo record 
and then hopefully get a uh, get signed by a, a major record label, which um, is not an easy process, and it's, it was definitely a very expensive process. So just in, the, in terms of recording itself, it would, would cost you know tens and if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to record an album in a in a professional studio. So technology now has enabled folks with Almost everyone you know has a device in their home or maybe even in their pocket that is capable of recording commercial quality music with um, little input with from a, a keyboard and uh, a will and desire and some talent. So the, the actual obstacle of creating the music has been lifted and it, people are now empowered to do so with their personal computers and even their mobile computers. So that has changed uh, enormously. So a lot of home studios and bedroom studios are pretty much the norm now for a lot of artists creating their own music. But then also it's changed in terms of the – so that that handles the content creation, but now also the content consumption. So now most of us receive our uh, music online uh, as opposed to um, physical media and uh, we consume and purchase our music um, electronically as opposed to driving down to our favorite record store. So I think it's just changed in so many different ways. Um, the technology is just is a, an embedded, integral part of both the music creation and the way we all listen to music now. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's interesting. Um, in your advice... To aspiring artists, what do you mean by don't get caught up in technology? Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. We're talking about technology, and I love technology. I use technology, and it's wonderful. And honestly, I couldn't imagine – well, I guess I could imagine doing without it, but I definitely – I'm glad that we have it. But at the same time, it's something that – I see a lot of people get involved with um, trying to either create music or create art in some other form, whether it's photography, what have you. And they rely, they try to rely solely on the technology. And what I'm referring to by uh, that is it's easy to take, for example, with music to take uh, uh, some, a piece of technology that allows you to just push a couple of buttons and create music by uh, having some samples or some loops. But the the one thing that sometimes is missing, not all times, but sometimes, is the actual craft, which would be, if you're trying to write a song, it's the craft of songwriting and understanding what makes a good song and incorporating that and using the technology to enable you to take it to the next level. So the technology by itself is never the end-all, be-all, but it's definitely a tool that will allow you and empower you to create or do whatever it is that it is, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Interesting. Well, okay. That, that, that was a, that was a lot for us to digest, Frank. But good yeah, for us to digest. A... <laughs> no, but it's often how we feel here. It really is. Um, on the show, Jay and I talk about this often. Um, you know, speaking of that, you know, I have a, a blast from the past question for you. Is that okay? Okay. Let's okay. Do it. What What was it like being in the Radiance band and the keyboard player for them? Oh gosh, it was great. Um, 
it was uh yeah it was the most it was the, the most fun i have ever had it was just exciting thrilling the band was just um an amazing group of musicians um and more importantly just an amazing group of friends you know everyone there was a lot of, it was a great camaraderie uh we you know in a in a great sense we grew up together because we were you know just right out of high school when the band got together and um so yeah it was just very exciting um you know, eventually the the band got signed by Quincy Jones, and we had an album um, released on Quincy's Quest record label, which was just you know off the charts in terms of our excitement. And uh, you know, we just we felt that we had just accomplished what we had all had set out to do. So, yeah, being in the band was just you know exciting, fun, fulfilling, and um, you know something that I'll never forget. Well, I just want to know a little bit, like, how excited were you uh, working with Quincy Jones on this label? How excited, how excited was that for everyone? Could you elaborate a little more? Oh, yeah, no, that was great. I mean, we're we're talking 1984, um, and as you, if we all jump into our time machine, you know, that was when uh, the Michael Jackson Thriller album was still the 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 king of the of the music charts dominating everything and so just to be associated with Quincy who you know, aside from Michael Jackson who has this long history of just being the producer the man in the record business and to um to just be associated with him in any in any form was more than uh more than a dream come true really so it was just you know we we Honestly, felt it was we were just honored, and it was a pleasure just to have the opportunity to um, to to work on that album. And so it was. That was great. So, you know, speaking of that, Frank. You know, you know, going back, you know, going back to the technology side of it, because I mean, it sounds like you you had the best of both worlds, which is really amazing. You know, when we look at back to what you were saying a little earlier, just to go back to that for a minute. What do you think the pros and cons of a technology-based society is? Oh, wow, that's a good one. Let's see. Um, well, you know, the pro, I, I, the pros, um, I, well, the pros are that technology does enable people to have access to information where they hadn't previously. So in a, in a, in a great sense, it's a, I think for societies, it's a big leveling field because I think as we all will agree, information is power and information enables us to live more productive lives, healthier lives, better lives by consuming and having access to information. So that's a, a, a big leveling field. I think now with, you know, with the internet that was, has been the case. And I think the access to information now that we have essentially we're all walking around with the internet in our pocket is um, is a big boon in that direction. Um, now, having said that, it all means it's almost like uh, a saying that I used to tell my kids. You know, f- with freedom comes responsibility. So, meaning if you're free to do whatever you want, you have the responsibility to do the right things, right? So, if, if I say you, you're free to run around the house and do whatever, and I'm not here. You have the responsibility not to burn the house down. <laughs> you know what I mean. So you have to make the right choices. And with technology, I see the same thing. We all that we all have access to literally everything. 
And so with that is the responsibility by the individuals to make the right choices in terms of what they choose to um, allow the technology to do for them and what they choose to consume in regards to the content that they're uh, consuming. So I know that's a bit of a long-winded uh, answer, and I'm, I'm pretty much as winging it as I go along. But I think my, my biggest uh, my biggest concern is um, technology enables uh, folks to do pretty much anything. So the the ultimate response to technology is being responsible and using it responsibly. Wow, that is a great answer. Uh... Very, very intense. I, I love that answer. And it, it's great. So even though you might was winging it, uh, you did a great job. Oh, thanks, Jay. With I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't go back to my musical beginnings and Radiance, and I have to single out my dear friend, Mr. Jay Logan, because at the time when I was growing up, I, and I, I mention this because there's a very there were like a few people who were very integral integral into my development in both music and technology. And Jay Logan has always been a person I've had the utmost respect for and who I credit for allowing me and encouraging me and providing me with a lot of tutelage and mentorship when I was just just trying to figure out what I was doing. So uh, a big shout out to you, Jay, and I've always loved you and thanked you for all the work and friendship that you have given me over the years. And thank you too, also. You you just you just done done a great things, man. I'm just proud of you. So you know, you know, you you did it. You did it though. <laughs> so I just want to ask you. This is so important. This question because um, the last question goes with the other question we asked you. The Gail asked you earlier. This is the, coming from the opposite side. How do you balance technology and the grassroots approach? Uh, what do you mean by the grassroots or the grassroots approach? Well, you know, a lot of people say, hey, I, I wish we didn't have computers. I wish we just should have kept uh, accounting machines. Uh, we should just do everything the old way, the old maths, the old way of thinking. Oh, know, yeah, yeah. How- so, so you were asking me what my uh, how would I respond to that? How do you balance that? Because you know, do you are you just all techno, or do yeah, you still oh, use I, some I of the old old school? Mm-hmm. Oh right, right. No, yeah, I think that's a very good question, actually. Um, yeah, just because there's two sides of that, really, and uh, just because something is new and doesn't mean it's better. Um, and, and then by the same token, just because something is tried and true doesn't make it better. So it really comes down to evaluating what is the best, whether it's a tool or process or method for accomplishing whatever your goal is. So whether we're talking about um, going into the kitchen and cooking or we're talking about writing a symphony or writing some music for a commercial or, or whatever it is that we're trying to accomplish – it's about utilizing the tool that would be what that would fit the task best. And, and for you, everything is personal. So just, um, you know, like I just mentioned in, uh, going in the kitchen, some people have lots of, uh, high tech, uh, kitchens with, with every modern convenience and they can make some fabulous meals. Um, some of the best, one of the best meals I've ever had was, 
we have family that uh, that lives in Italy, and uh, <laughs> they have a tiny little kitchen, and it's just amazing food. Not, I didn't see any electric appliances in there at all. But boy, and let me tell you, there was no, <laughs> there was nothing lacking on the table. Let me put it that way. So yeah, it's just a matter of of the, uh, merely making a fit of what you are comfortable with and but also I think it a lot of it has to do with understanding so understanding both what the technical um, tool may offer but also understanding what the traditional tool may offer so I think a lot of times we discount one or the other without really fully understanding what they can and or cannot do well well you know we have you know those old yeah I just want to say this yeah you know those old TV sets that our grandmas had they still work, these new high yeah. Ford. <laughs> okay, I just want to say that. <laughs> no, but no I'm you know what? No, you know what? I'm glad that you said that because you just sparked something in me. This happens a lot, actually, where, um, and you may have noticed this too, someone who, I'll use two analogies, I'll use music and I'll use sports. A kid or a young person is interested in playing guitar. And they say, oh, what could, you know, what guitar do I get? And they, they'll talk their parents into going out and buying a $2,000 guitar. And that is not going to enable or empower this kid to learn to play any better than this $200 guitar. There literally will be no difference at all. Conversely, if you want to play um, baseball or football or basketball and you see, you know, uh, you see Steph Curry and you see that he has his shoes and he has this jersey and blah, 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 and you go out and buy all that, and that is not going to empower you to be Steph Curry. You need to understand what makes Steph Steph, and that is not what shoes he's wearing, but his worth ethic, his talent, and his drive, and and those things. So, um, you know, very often I think we look to the tool as the answer to being uh, the missing element, to the, the missing piece of the puzzle, whereas it it may be a, a, an essential element, but it may not be the 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 main thing that you need to succeed in whatever it is you're trying to do. Trent, it's so funny you would say that. It's so funny that you would say that because um, this is something that Jay and I talk about all the time, and uh, something that I that uh, resonates personally with me um, as a person, as someone that you know works in general. So we'd love to have you come back on later in the year to talk about those things. Um, this is our very last question, Frank, um, and sure. for our audience, and it's. If you were the last man on earth and you could choose one high-tech device, what would it be, Frank? Oh, that's easy. Um, it would be uh, it would be my it would be what I'm using now. It would be my iPhone. Okay, now Frank, is that an oxymoron? <laughs> <laughs> no, it would really it would be my iPhone. Um uh, yeah, because I mean, I could do everything. I mean, it, if I had one device, yeah, I could. It it would stay with me. I could read my books on it. I could I could uh, play music with it. I can write music on it. Play literally play music and listen to music and watch TV and yeah, it would be it would definitely be my iPhone. What a perfect answer, Horn Gale. <laughs> yes, 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 it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave that one alone, Frank. We're not going to take on you on that one, okay? <laughs> That's fair enough, Gail. Fair enough. Okay, we're we're not going to pick on you. This, and with that said, Frank, we really, really thank you for being on our show today, and we really hope you'll come back because 
we would love to touch on some of the subject matter that falls in music and tech, but, you know, just about work ethic and the importance we have always felt that, especially for youth, a lot of the parents say, go look at your iPad or go look at, you know, TV. They don't, it's about one-on-one too as much as it is about technology. And we love the fact that you marry both like Jay and I do as well. So with that said, thank you for being on the show. And, um, we hope that everyone listened to this show and will tune in again for the archive uh, version of this show because Lucille Frank had a lot of good points that he made. And, yes, we will admit that it falls in alignment with the things that Jay and I believe as well. All right, with that said, Frank, thank you and have an, a, a great day. And, Jay, as always, it's groovy to be with you. Bye, guys. Thanks, Gail. Bye-bye. Thanks, Gail. Thanks, Thanks, Jay. Thanks Frank. Bye-bye, guys. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.